What's up, everybody? This is Q the Abolitionist. And Crypto Gumbo. And this is episode 18 of Unshackled Liberty. Wow. Hey everybody, uh, we have a, a very special guest with us today. This is um, this is Rob Devrell, the youth pastor at Friendship Baptist Church in in Eva Beach, Hawaii. Uh, very very good personal friend of mine. Um, we had a guest come on not too long ago that uh, that that had mentioned something about um, the Bible being manipulated at some point in time, and and uh, that kind of triggered a thought in in our minds uh, that maybe we should do an episode on. The preserved Word of God, and why we know that the Bible is is preserved. This this actually uh, it this is going to be an interesting uh, an interesting show for anybody who wants to listen. Whether you be, whether you're a believer out of this whole conversation, so um, I encourage you guys to go ahead and stick around for this, even if you don't think this is your cup of tea. Uh, just give it a listen. If nothing else, it'll at least give you some information. Um, into why we believe the way we do. So uh, without further ado, Gumbo, I'm going to go ahead and, and turn it over to Rob. Rob's right here in, in, in my good. living room right now, and I'm just going to give it to you guys, and, and you guys can work through it. I don't want to share the mic with him because it's, you know, corona season and stuff, and I don't want to breathe, breathe too heavy on him. COVID-19. So, come on over, Rob. Here you go, buddy. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up, Rob? How you doing? Oh, how you doing? I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. God gave us another day. Hey, beat the alternative, I guess. Yes. We're under. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, for real. So I guess today, uh, as Q was mentioning, we're going to go over some things and prove why the preservation of God's word is still intact and it's never left and it's still True. legit. Um, yep. So I guess I'll, I'll bombard you with questions until you tell me to shut up. Is that okay? <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. First of all, stuff. yeah. Uh, first of all, um, so I guess uh, so. I was raised as a Christian, and um, I was very backslidden for many years. And you know, uh, we we always let God down. Um, mm -hmm. I do. I always let God down, and I and sometimes at moment to moment, you know, it's a daily battle that we have to uh, face um, because of what God has done for us. We owe that to Him, I think. And um, why do you think? so many people discount God's existence. Why do you think uh, it's so easy for people to say, that's not real? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I would say one reason would be maybe something happened in life at an early age, uh, something horrible, uh, death yeah. of a loved one, uh, traumatic experience, and they expect God to, I don't say this out of cruelty or anything, but they expect God to just shelter them from anything bad happening. Um, and that's not promised to us at all. Um, I would say that would be something. Two, um, somebody that maybe they look up to, let them down. Uh, and again, a lot of times we view our earthly fathers and sometimes how we reflect our heavenly father. Maybe, and again, I come from a divorced home, so I can 
probably speak on this a little bit. Maybe their parents got divorced and they saw a bad yeah. image of dad. And well, if that's what my dad's like, maybe that's what God's like. Yeah. Um, just maybe the faith, you know, the Bible defines faith as something that we cannot see. So I can't see God, therefore he doesn't exist. Uh, lots of different things that I've heard. And I've grown up in church as well. Uh, it's reasons why people don't believe God. Yeah. You know, so lots of different reasons. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, why would you, uh, so recently, um, I had some back and forth with some of my buddies on Twitter, a uh, lot of, lot of, um, veterans that I'm, I'm in contact with me and Q. And, uh, I guess the conversation boils down to, uh, if you, if you, you're having a hard time having faith, how would you solve that? How would you describe faith? Well, it's I know the bot, right? It's a, yeah, it's a necessary it's step. required. It's definitely required. All of us have faith. Everybody has faith. It's what your faith is in. Um, you drive in a car to go to work. Your faith is in four rubber tires and now plastic. You know, it's not the old metal cars from the <laughs> 70s and eight when they were cars. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has faith. It's what your faith is in that counts. You know, is your faith in, uh, I believe in science and I believe in the Bible. Um, you know, some people believe only in science. Some people believe um only in themselves. So I, I, I do believe everybody has faith. Again, like I said, it's, it's what it's in that counts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, uh, sound science is actually, uh, God's word actually proves sound science and creationism. Yes. As far as I'm For concerned, I'm, I, I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert. I don't have a degree in those topics, but I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory if you, if you open your mind to it and you give it a chance. Um, science and faith, science and faith coexist. Yeah. There's a lot of okay. people who think, you know, science has its corner of it and faith has its corner of it and never the twain shall meet. But actually, you know, a lot of it is intertwined. Um, so they go hand in hand. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing how um, some folks will they, they'll easily grasp onto this this theoretical sciences that say this happened, this happened, and that's why things are the way they are. But yet they won't believe God's word. They won't believe in the Bible, you know. So you're you're taking yeah, a yeah. leap of faith and 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 believing some of these crazy theories that these theoretical theoretical science scientists have, but you won't believe in the preserved word of God. And that's kind yeah. of and that's what I'm saying. Everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. It's what they put it in um, that counts. So again, I, like I said, I believe in science. You know, the sun rises, sun sets. You know, the earth turns. You know, that's science. Yeah, life um, is in blood all that stuff yeah, yeah what 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 would be your advice to someone who uh so so if you're going to be an intelligent critical thinking person you should be, at least be open to the idea that god may exist even if you're an atheist because that's yes. a that's a that's a belief structure and system in itself you're it's a it's a, a systematic uh way of saying god doesn't exist so it's it's uh we just come from nothing everything come from nowhere, you know? So what would be your advice to someone who is open to the idea that God exists if they're an atheist? Well, they'd have to come to the conclusion that they weren't there when it all started. Regardless of how you think it started, you weren't there. So again, going back to what I said earlier, um, everybody has faith, even an atheist. Well, you weren't there the day that all happened and neither were you. Okay, so neither of us were there, okay? So I would say they have to answer honestly that what they believe they'd have to have some proof on number one they okay. would have to say that they weren't there the day that it all happened 
So let's look at the proof. Let's look at the evidence. Let's look at the sciences and let's see actually what it says. And again, a lot of most science proves creation. The laws of thermodynamics, first yeah. and second laws of thermodynamics prove and point to a creator. Um, so they'd have to say, if they're honest and open, that what they believe may not be true. You know, looking yeah. at the facts, looking at the evidences. Um, so they'd have to be open to the idea of a God, of creation, of the seven-day account of Genesis. And that's where a lot of atheists try to attack the seven-day creation, uh, because if they think they can disprove that, then they can, it's kind of the foundation of everything else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If they can destroy that, then everything else can kind of, uh, what's it called? A tumble, tumble down. Tumble, tumble down, yeah, tumble down yeah. effect. Um, so they weren't there. They weren't okay. there the day right. of creation. So their faith is in evolution or no God at all, or, you know, or whatever the, the case is. It's still faith. It's just what it's in. Yeah. Um, so let's say I was an atheist or a person that didn't believe in God. Um, how would you prove to me that, God's word has been preserved and not manipulated. Um, well, okay. I would look at, obviously I can't use the Bible to say, Hey, the Bible says it's preserved. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, cause that doesn't work. It's a fallist presupposition. Let's look at some different things. Okay. okay. Let's look at some sci. I have this, my part of my resources that I have is scientific facts that prove the Bible to be true. So let's look at the scientific facts Okay. Um, the, the Bible talks about, uh, let me pull this one up, the origin of life, okay? Um, even before the Bible was made or whatever, um, you know, it goes, it teaches about, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the origin of life, how God created the world. Uh, it talks about um, in Jeremiah, where it talks about how there's countless stars and how you cannot count the stars because they're so innumerable. Mm-hmm. Um President Washington died because they sucked too much blood out of him. Whereas blood Leviticus, <laughs> yeah, right. They put all the leeches on him. Well, Leviticus teaches us even before Washington, all the way back, you know, some 6,000, 7,000 years ago, that life is in the blood. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah. there's scientific facts that we see in Scripture that match science, uh, even historical. Um, you know, in Isaiah 44, Isaiah 45, it talks about there would be a king that would deliver the nation of Israel from their bondage. His name was Cyrus. It specifically mentions his name, Cyrus. Uh, and then 150 years, 200 years later, this king named Cyrus comes along, historically proven, and delivers Israel from captivity. Isn't it so, funny how whenever you have a proof like that, it's so easy for people to throw it to the side. Oh, that's just a coincidence. That never, yeah. that, that just happened to happen, you know? <laughs> well, you can look at it as a coincidence. And again, I get it. I get how some people yeah. can say that. Um, or if you have an open mind, you can say, maybe there is some truth in the Bible being preserved. Um, another prophecy in history, not science, it's history as well, is Israel for a long time, for thousands of years, was dispersed. And in 1948, 1949, mm-hmm. they got put back together as a nation. And that's talked about in the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah. So all these things have happened that were written in the Bible thousands of years ago. And all of us now they're coming true. The prophecies are being fulfilled, um, and not I'm, we're not getting super spooky with weird ones, you know, yeah, yeah. Antichrist, end of the world stuff, but just simple mm-hmm. prophecies that we've been told in scriptures, and now we're seeing them to become true. So you can look at it as coincidence, or you can look at it as, hey, maybe the Bible does have 
some truth in it. And we know it's true as believers. Yeah, yeah. But from an unbeliever standpoint, you'd have to look at that if you're open-minded and say, yeah, you know what? Hey, it said it here 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, and boom, here it happened in the 40s or in the 20s or whatever. Maybe it is true. Maybe there is some truth in God's word that I could look at. Yeah, I, I really love the one uh, about Pontius Pilate, how it was disregarded as that there was never evidence for him. And then like in the eight, uh, mid-80s, they found proof of it. Found proof. Kind of, shut, kind of shut that down, you know? I think it was the Hittites, the same thing. They said that there was no um, group known as the Hittites. There was no evidence ever found that, you know, that the Hittites existed. And then I think it was in the 30s or 40s, uh, they found a coin and they traced it yeah, back yeah. and they did archaeological digs and, and studies and they found out that it came from the Hittites. Yeah, um, cool. So it's just stuff like that that gives me faith to know, hey, God's word is true. Even if you put the Bible aside and just look at the facts, you know, it still points to God's word being true. Now, do yeah. I understand it all? No. You know, that's oh, why no, we're always learning. <laughs> why we're always growing, you know, all that stuff. But if you're looking at it from a factual standpoint, you can't deny those facts. Yeah. Uh, could, could you... Um... Talk a little bit about the the preservation of the actual word itself and how it was uh, is duplicated a good word how they they copied yeah. it so it maintained we it word copied. Let me give you this. This is some manuscript evidence. Okay. Okay. Uh, the writings of Homer. Okay. The Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Okay. The earliest copy that we have written for them was around 900 BC. Okay, that's the time of King Solomon. Mm -hmm. The earliest copies that we have on record we're somewhere around 400 BC is when we first have these copies of the copies of the copies, et cetera, yeah. being distributed. That's about a 500 year gap. Okay. From 900 BC to 400 BC, that's a 500 year gap. And in that 500 year gap, there's been recorded 650 copies. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which roughly translate to about a 95% accuracy rate from copy to copy. Now let's take the new Testament. Okay. okay. The New Testament, at the latest writing that they have, was finished around 100 A.D., okay? The New Testament was between 50 A.D. to the end of Revelation, about 100 A.D. The earliest copies of the originals that we have on record is 125 A.D., is when copies started to be made. Mm -hmm. That's about a 25-year gap. So in Homer's, you have a 500-year gap. With the New Testament, you have a 25-year gap. Okay, of those copies of the Greek manuscripts, okay, of which the New Testament was written in, because it was the language of the day, was around six thousand copies, which wow. leads to a ninety-nine point five percent accuracy rate. Yet we have no problem saying that the Iliad and the Odyssey, oh yes, this was definitely written by Homer. You know, why the Bible has a higher accuracy rate? Yeah. Yet people still question that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of the things I like when I study the Bible, uh, the history of the Bible, is what it took for them to make the copies. Now, obviously, no copy machine, no Xerox machine, no fax machine. So the translators would have to sit down and copy it. Now, what they would do, and this is on record on historical documents and records and all those things, okay? Obviously, it's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell us how it happened. Yeah. So this is one of those things that history has to tell us. Um they would literally count the words in the text. For example, Genesis, they would sit down and count the words. They would count the letters. Um, they would count the, uh, the spaces between the letters, spaces between the lines. They would count it all out. They would get to the end. 
and they would have to match perfectly. For example, at the end of Deuteronomy, the books of the law, the books of mm -hmm. Moses, it had to end on a complete line. Does that, does that make sense? Like you couldn't write, you know, at the end of it and then write two words on the bottom line. That was it. That it, it ended. It yeah. had to end on a straight line. No going, no carrying over into the next line. So therefore, they would have to sit down and count everything. Uh, they would count the letters. They would have to write it on a certain parchment, uh, certain animal skins, certain ink was used. Uh, they had the priests and the scribes and the translators would dress in Jewish clothes and, you know, from top to bottom. When they got to the name God or Jehovah or in reference to God or another name for God, they would dip the pen and ink, write the name God or Jehovah or Lord, throw the pen away and get a brand new pen out. So I, I can put confidence in that. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, today where we can kind of write something and miss something. They would go back after they would finish copying it and count the letters, count the words, line up the spaces, make sure everything ended where it was supposed to so nothing was missing. That's, I'm, that gives me some hope. That gives me some confidence that what was originally given is also copied over into their copies. Yeah. And, and they get the a, copies and the copies and the copies, et cetera. And it's amazing how a lot of um, people can say that's just a book of fairy tales, but yet it was so pristinely um, copied and it's been in existence for however many thousands of years. And well, the word preserves means to protect. Yeah. You know, like we preserve our food, we put, we put it in wrapping, we put it in the refrigerator, we bring it out the next day. That's what the word preserve means. So God's word has been around forever. Yeah. And there's always and it's always going to be around. I mean, you look in history, uh, people tried to burn it. It's been banned. It's been all. And yet we still have copies of it today. And something I like to ask people when I get to talk to them, you know, if the Bible is just a book of myths, stories, fables, fairy tales. OK, well, why is it not allowed in certain countries? Yeah. You know, where other books like that. No, you know, they're not banning Dr. Seuss. <laughs> in Iraq. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if yeah. they're saying it's just a book of myths and fairy tales, well, why isn't it allowed in countries? It was just like a classic work of literature. Let's say let's say it's a classic work of literature. Why can't it come into certain countries? Um, and I, you know, and I would ask people, is this, have you read it? Have you ever read the Bible? Yeah. Well, no. Well, read it. You know, tell me where it's wrong. You know, sometimes we think we have to be on the offensive. Of, of our faith, and I think there's times where we should be, but I would ask them, show me where it's wrong. Show me where it contradicts itself. Show me an example. You know, um, yeah. I think there's a story in, or a passage in either Kings or Chronicles, and the Bible critics have used this forever, and it, it, you know, they say one part of the scripture, it says the guy, the king was going up to Jerusalem, another part of scripture referencing the same event, it says he was going down from Jerusalem. And they try to point that out as a contradiction in scripture. Well, Jerusalem's on a hill. <laughs> it's like, you know, going, yeah. I can go up to Jerusalem and I can come down from Jerusalem and yeah. not be wrong. You know it's what I'm funny saying? You, you point that out. Of all the accuracies there, that's the one thing you try to pick on, you know? <laughs> like I, I, I had somebody tell me that a couple of years ago. And I'm like, well, Jerusalem's on a hill. So, of course, you're going to go up to Jerusalem and you're going to come down from and still be biblically correct. It doesn't change the truth. You know, again, point it out, you know, um, most people, it's like they're looking for a reason. Mm -hmm. They just don't want to believe. They just don't yeah. want to believe what God's word says for itself. Um, and for those people, you know, sometimes there's something you can do. It's like the sky is blue. If they want to see the sky is green, they're going to see the sky is green. 
Um, no matter how many facts are pointed out, no matter in, you know, um, sometimes they're just looking for something. Yeah. Um, so, so if someone was to say, okay, so the Bible is accurate and it's, and it's survived all these thousands of years, but it was written by men. How would you okay. address that? Okay. Uh, again, have you read the Bible? Yeah. If I'm writing a book about me or about mankind. Okay. I'm going to try to put as much good stuff in it about me as I can. I'm not going to tell you my flaws. I'm not going to tell you my shortcomings. I'm not going to tell you my times where I've messed up. Um, the Bible speaks very poorly of man. So if yeah. man was writing True. it, that doesn't make that to me, rationally, that, that doesn't make sense. I would tell you all the victories of man. I would tell you all the good things that man did. I would tell you the positive things. Uh, the Bible calls us worms. The Bible says that we're filthy rags. Yeah, it says that yeah. we're it says that we're sinners. It says that we're condemned. If I'm man, if I'm writing a biography or a history lesson or whatever you want to call it, you know, from a non-believer standpoint, I'm going to put the positives in. I'm not going to fluff put the it negative up. Thing. I'm going to fluff it up exactly. Yeah. Um, but the Bible has a lot of negative things to say about man. So that's one thing I would look at and say, hey, you know, it does it doesn't say anything good about us. Okay. Um, as far as man writing it, if I were, to, if me and you, crypto were to sit down and write a book, okay, and let's just take a subject, let's say cars, let's say we're writing about cars, all right, and I started writing it today, and in 50 years, I'm gonna give it to you, and you're gonna continue the writing, <laughs> okay, okay, do you think there's gonna be some change in 50 years from when I start to when you start writing it? Of course. Obviously, yeah. Things things change, okay? But you have the Bible, who was written by so many different authors, so many times of history, so many different backgrounds, yet it flows with accuracy. Seems, you know, it, it, no. it does not contradict. What Moses wrote in Genesis is the same thing that David says in Psalms, and there's 2,000 years different, I think 3,000 years between Moses and David. Yet there's no contradiction. There's no change. Yet if you and I, again, like I said, were to write about cars, and I start to take the first 50 years, and you take the next 50 years, there's going to be a lot of change, transition. There's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of information that's changed. Yet you don't uh, see that with the Bible. I, yeah. I would totally mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't see that with the Bible. You know, uh, the Bible from start to finish was written over 1,500 years. Three continents, three languages, different authors. The authors themselves had so many different backgrounds. You had some who were fishermen. You had some who were doctors. You had some who were uh, politicians. You had some who were shepherds. I mean, you can't, you can't make that up. Yeah. You, can't, you can't flub that. A shepherd, and again, I'm not trying to be mean, was a low job. Yeah, you had Luke, who was a physician, who was a doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming Luke had a better education than Amos the shepherd did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yet, yet, yet their message is one message. It's, 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 a con, it's a continual flow of the same thing. Yeah, I think you can't get thing. that anywhere else. For sure. It, yeah. If, if, if you could, um, now correct me. Um, yeah. So, so what I think is really beautiful is, is when you get into the idea of how it's the inspired word of God and God breathed it through these men that, okay. that gave us the scriptures. Could, could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Bible was inspired. The word inspired means God breathed. Okay. God breathed. God gave them the words to write down. For example, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. 
Mm-hmm. Moses was not there the first day of creation. So how did he know what happened day one through seven? Yeah. He was born in the, I mean, his life takes place in the book of Exodus, which is about 3000 years from the time of creation, if I'm correct. Okay. So God gave him the words to write down. It would be like this. If you and me are sitting down, just like we're doing now, mm-hmm. and you're writing a biography about me, but you know nothing about me. You just heard about me. You said, I'm going to write a biography about this guy. Hey, yo, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, hey, here's where it all started. It okay. all started yeah. when I was born. And here's the story about how I was born. And here's the hospital. And here's the date. And here's the time. And here's the, you know, the measurements. And here's my mom's name. Here's, and I give you the information. Mm-hmm. That's basically what God did. He told man what to write down, which goes back to preservation that if we believe that God ins- preserved it, he also inspired it. He gave us the words. So if we have, and again, I believe God's perfect. So if yeah, we have a perfect I'm, I'm author, with you. we have a perfect book. Yeah. So that's the best way that I can explain illustration, um, inspiration, yeah. is that um, God gave them the words. He didn't overtake their personalities. Because um, if you look at the writing styles, they're all different. Yes, from and their perspective. David, from their perspective, David yeah. wrote a certain style, and Moses wrote a different style. Even in the New Testament, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, had a different writing style than Luke did, because they were different backgrounds, different personalities. Mm-hmm. So God did not overtake their personalities. He just gave them the words to write. Yeah, and, and another thing, too, is uh, with the apostles. So let's— Someone who is trying to discount the Bible and say it's 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 not true, it's not real. Well, these all of these apostles, except for one, correct me, they were all murdered, correct, upholding upholding the word of God. And and when yeah. we say murdered, they were some of them were like uh, crucified upside down. They were stoned to death with rocks. They were stoned, speared, they were boiled in water. Yeah, I mean, Headed you're not all, yeah, you're not gonna die for a lie most of the time, right? I mean, nobody die, no one lies for their hurt. Yeah, yeah. So that's we that's, only lie to get out of something to make our situation better. There's no way they would have lied for their hurt, for their life, for their you know being tortured, all those things. Yeah. Um, which again, it kind of goes back to the resurrection, which is why yeah. as Christians we believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, is our fundamental foundation. You know, Everything, and so many people yeah. try to discredit that, but like you said, they lied or they died. They wouldn't die to cover a lie. They would die to make their situation better. Yeah. So, not, and not to mention all the witnesses that that seen Christ. Yeah. You know, that's a at one point there was five hundred at one time. Yeah. And okay. some people say, "Well, that was a hallucination." Maybe. Well, there's no been there's no hallucination on record of five hundred people at one time seeing something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Incredible. It, it, yeah, the the Bible is awesome. Um, again, do I understand it all? No way. That's why I'm still learning. That's why I'm still studying. That's why I'm still growing. Um, but what I know to be true of it, I know it's true. I know yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should read my Bible more. We all should. But every time yeah, I, I do, sure. um, I do sit down and, and hunker down and 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 get in there. It's uh, it's always. It always blows my mind because it speaks to me in ways that I wouldn't find elsewhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it's not just something for our outside. Um, it also gets down deep inside, mm-hmm. you know, where man can't see, where man can't get to. Um, and I think that's another just blessing 
that we have with the word yeah. of God. Um, another thing I would add is, you know, the changes that it's made in people's lives. Oh yeah. You know, um, and that's, th- and again, that's something religion can't do. Um, yeah. uh, it's changed millions of people. I mean, you got the guy that wrote most of the new Testament was a murderer mm-hmm. yet became a Christian and became one of the greatest Christians outside of Jesus, you know, ever. Yeah. So it changed, it changes lives. I know it changed my life. It's changed your life. It's it changed yeah. uh, Q's life. It's, it's changed billions of people's lives throughout history. Um, and if you let it, it'll change anyone's life, regardless yeah. of where you're at, if you're a believer or a non-believer. Yeah. Could you um, talk a little bit about the difference between uh, being a Christian and having a personal relationship with Christ and religion? Because I think okay. that people bundle that together and it's easy to discount stuff like, well, totally. I don't believe in that Christian religion. So can you can kind of divide it up and talk about what the differences are and how sure. they're the same? Okay. Basically, here's what religion is. I, I, I'm a youth pastor, like you said, but I would not classify myself as a religious person. Religion is what man does to get to God. I can get to God this way um, through church attendance, through even reading the Bible, praying, Mm -hmm. being a good person, uh, helping people, all things that we should do. Okay. But they classify that as if I do these things, I will earn favor with God. I will make God like me. I will make God accept me. um, All those things. And that's why the Bible says we're all sinners. We've yeah. all gone out of the way. We're all corrupt. There's none righteous. No, not one. No one's righteous. No one's perfect. Um, you know, so they think that they can do something or if they belong to a church or they belong to a denomination or religious group that they earn favor with God. What Christianity believes is something totally different. This is why I don't classify Christianity as religion yeah. by definition. Yeah. Um, Christianity believes that nobody's good. You know, no, mm-hmm. like I said, we're, we're all unrighteous. We're all sinners. And basically, there's nothing I can do to get to heaven on my own, which is why I need someone to help me to get to heaven, which is what Jesus did. He came to earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life because Jesus is God, died on the cross, rose again three days later. If I believe that, if I put my faith in that, then my sins are forgiven, and now I can go to heaven. See, it's not what I do. It's what Jesus did for me. And there's so many people, so many people, uh, even in Baptist churches, even being a Baptist doesn't get you to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's a crazy thought in and of itself. <laughs> you know, Baptist, a lot of people think, well, I'm a Baptist, so I'm going to heaven. No, you're a Baptist, so you're religious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. We have to, has to be a time where we put our faith 100% in what Jesus did, which we learn from the Bible. And it's faith. Again, like I said back earlier when we started, everyone has faith. It's just what their faith is in. Yeah. Is it in them or is it in Jesus? If I believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again for me, I, I can go to heaven. And that's what's putting your faith in. That's yeah. why, again, it separates Christianity from religion. Religion says do, do this, do this, do this. Christianity says done. Jesus did it all. One of the last things Jesus said on the cross was it is finished. Yeah. But what's that it? Salvation. Yeah, we, he's our only way home. He, he is it. He is he is the way to heaven. You yeah. know, if you're listening to this podcast later on, think about that. Okay, put put everything put everything that you preconceived notions, put them aside, 
and look at the Bible as truth and say, hey, Jesus died for me. I'm a sinner by faith. Because again, going back to what we talked about with creation, I wasn't there when Jesus died. So by faith, I accept that. Mm-hmm. And let Jesus be your savior. And then things will start making sense. Your eyes will be open. You know, all those different things that happened to all of us, you know, when we got saved. Yeah, I think one of the uh, a really good saying that I that I've heard pastors say before, and that it always stuck with me because it rings true in my heart. It resonates with me so much, uh, and I'm sure it's uh, been many people have said this probably, but uh, it's that the word of God is a hammer that shatters the illusions of the heart, mm-hmm. and that that just I mean that's to say that and to understand that that. The illusions of the heart are so strong. And I've said before on this podcast that we live in a prison of illusions. Yeah. And and um, that just, you know, the, the word of God, if you'll give it a chance and you can open your heart and you will have faith. You know, um, I know it's not easy because, you know, I there was a time before you know, I was saved that I, I mean, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what was going on, you know, and, I, and even after I've gotten saved, I've, I've, I've drifted off and mm-hmm. and was living a lifestyle that wasn't. It was a lifestyle that I shouldn't have been living. You know, I was, right, I was right, young, right. stupid. But but God always brings you back home once once you're once you're His child. You know, and well, think of this, okay? We have faith that George Washington existed. Mm-hmm. We have faith that other planets exist. Mm-hmm. We have faith in so many things. Yet sometimes we, I'll put us, I'll, I'll have us in there. I'll say we. Sometimes okay. yet we have we lack of the faith that God preserved his word, inspired it, and died for our sins. Yet we can believe all these other crazy stuff or out there stuff, even if as out there as you want to get. Yet the simplest truth is that Jesus loves you. He died for you. And all you have to do is believe him. Yet we struggle with that. Yeah, so it makes it very simple for us. It's simple. It makes, it's so it simple. It makes it so simple that a child can understand it. But yet us men, we, we compliment or complicate it. So much. <laughs> yeah, you know. and it's so simple. It is so, and that's the whole purpose of the Bible is to be simple. Is to, It's not, and there is some deeper things. Again, you can go as deep as you want in Bible study and you can figure out, you know, all these things. But the simplest message of the Bible is that God made us. He, he loves us. He died for us. And if we believe that, we go to heaven. It's so simple. Yeah. You know, I, I always thought it was amazing how, uh, I've heard it before in, in conversations like this where uh, they're like, well, if, if God loves you so much, then why don't he step in and correct things? And and uh, I, I've said this before, uh, you know, he gave us free will. He didn't make robots. He, right. he, give, he, yeah. loves us, he loves us so much that he gives us the ability to choose what we want to do with our eternity. And even though we might choose the wrong way, as a loving father, he gives us the option because he didn't make robots. You know, I mean. The greatest show of love is choice. Yeah. If you force someone, it's not choice. So the greatest thing God did is give us a choice to choose him or to reject him. Or if you, if you want to get simpler, you know, talk about the Bible, you know, to believe the Bible or to not believe the Bible. You know, if he made us to always believe, well, then he's a dictator. Yeah. But he's yeah. not. He's called a heavenly father. And I have a child. I know uh, the people have children out there. Uh, we can't make our children do everything that we want them to do. <laughs> no, we can't. I, I can't make my son clean his toys up. Yeah. I can make him. I can show him. I can teach him. 
but there has to come a time where he does it on his own. And that's yeah. where that's where it clicks. That's where it all comes together. Is when he yeah. knows, okay, now I have to pick up my toys, just like you and I. Okay, now I have to put believe in yeah. God. Now I have to do this. And again, and again, like I said earlier, there's people out there that'll find fault with anything. If mm-hmm. that was God's method to make us believe, well, then he's he's mean and he's a dictator, and they would be right. But God said, no, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to let I'm going to let you not believe. I'm going to let what you, you choose to do. Yeah, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to force you. If you want to not believe, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've said before, um, having children is kind of is God's way of showing uh, showing us what it's like for Him dealing with us. You know what I mean? Because <sighs> you know, because we're always crying, complaining, and moaning and groaning about this isn't right, and I want this. But uh, you know, well, one thing that's cool about the Lord and God um, having a child. Sometimes people have a false view of God. God's up in heaven, and He's angry, and He's mad, and He's just waiting to strike us, you know, with judgment. You know, we get yeah. that that uh, image of God sometimes. But as a dad, I totally see God in a different light because when I deal with my son, I'm like, I don't want to hurt him. Yeah, I don't. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I want him to have the best life. I want him to be safe. I want him to be protected. I want him to have. Uh, you know, possessions. I wanted to have joy. So if I am that way with my son, what makes us think that God is any different towards his creation? Yeah. You know, yeah. Even to I the unbeliever, that. God loves them just as much as he loves me. The same death that it took for for me to get saved, you know, it's the same death that he did for the unbeliever. He doesn't yeah, love me more. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't love me more than he loves them. Um, God loves them just as much as he loves me. I'm no, spe- I'm nothing different. I'm nothing special. Um, so the same blood that Christ shed for me is the same blood that Christ shed for them. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes, again, like I said earlier, um, some people have a false view of God and whatever reason it's based off of. But if they step back for just a second, again, take away the preconceived notions, take away, you know, maybe what they've been taught or whatever, and just look at it from a rational standpoint you know, God is love. God does yeah. love, you know, yeah. and that's why he so, gave us the Bible. Yeah. So, so what would you say about, let's say I, I've rejected God. I don't believe in God. Um, I'm atheist and okay. I, I'm, I'm into scientism. I'm, I'm into the big bang. I'm into evolution. Uh, everything come from nothing. Uh, we evolved from animals and sludge and slime in the oceans and, okay. and over time are going to evolve. Is it true to say that if we take that viewpoint, there is no hope because there's no morals, there's no ethics, there's no balancing to judge things on to go forward in the future? What are your thoughts on that? That's well, a big I, one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. As far as no hope, I mean, as long as they're breathing, there's still hope. As okay, long as good. they're alive, there's still some hope for them to turn uh, from that viewpoint. But again, look at just... Look at it rationally, okay? Obviously, with an atheist, with an evolutionist, we cannot look at the Bible and say, here's what the Bible says, because they don't believe that, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's look at the Big Bang Theory for just a second. Um, last time I checked, explosions don't bring life. <laughs> they destroy it. They destroy everything. They destroy yeah. life. If I yeah. blow up the house that I'm in now, with however many people are in here, okay, 
there's not going to be one more person added to it. So the Big Bang Theory, to me, rationally, does not make sense. It doesn't. But again, science kicks in and says matter is neither created nor destroyed. So who put those things there? Things just don't appear out of nothing. So somebody had to create those things. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, my shirt, if I'm wearing a Nike t-shirt, well, who made my shirt? Somebody yeah. had to put it together. Creation demands a creator. Who made your car? Your car just didn't appear one day, you know, like Ikea furniture, you know, all these parts, <laughs> and all of a sudden yeah, you yeah. assembled it, and there's your car. In, perf in perfect working order, mind you. Mm -hmm. Somebody designed your car. Somebody designed and constructed our houses. So why is that the same principle true for creation? Yeah. Why do we think that stuff just appeared out of nothing? Again, I mind you in perfect working order. Mm -hmm. Our eyes are in the same spot, you know, our nose, our ears, our mouth, um, our hands, the ocean water stop at just the right spot. All these things, all these like minute details of creation and you're going to say that it's all chance, that takes more faith than it does to believe in a creator. You yeah, you're right. You're right. That just doesn't make sense. You're, you need more faith to believe in evolution than you do to believe in a creator and a designer. I like it. So that, to me, it doesn't, rationally, just a rational thought process. Why have more faith in something so complex when it's so simple? Creation, creator, design, designer but again as far as hope i mean there's still hope there's still hope they have to humble themselves like like all of us did at one point mm -hmm. and say hey, you know what maybe i was wrong maybe god is right you know yeah so that's my answer for that i love that i, I like that good one rob do, do you got anything else any any anything you want to throw out there anything you want to plug i would if i could plug one message again it would go back to the gospel um taking Jesus as your savior. Uh, it's not a religious thing. It's not um, a church thing, a denomination thing. It's very simple. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We all have broken God's law. Okay. Uh, even if it's just one, we've still broken God's law. We've mm -hmm. still fallen short of perfection because I'm a sinner. There has to be a consequence, just like with our children, when they disobey the laws at home, there's a consequence, just like with society. If we disobey the laws, there's a consequence. My consequence, because I broke God's law, is a separation from God in a place called hell. Now, that's yeah. bad news. Okay, It's not something positive. Yeah, that goes back to what we news. talked about earlier. Okay, The Bible was not written by man because it has a lot of bad things to say. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we deserve. The Bible says we deserve, if we got justice, to die and go to hell forever. But the good news is that Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves every person. And he sent his son, God sent his son Jesus, to come to earth to be a human while being God at the same time. You know, talk about crazy hormones. Yeah, That's crazy yeah. hormones. 100% God, 100% man at the same time. Lived a sinless life. Loved us. And the only way to get to heaven, to have salvation, is by death. So he died for me. I did the crime. He did the time. All I have to do is put my faith in that. Again, I've said a couple times in this podcast that everybody has faith. What is your faith in? If you put your faith from, you transition your faith, excuse me, from religion 
for self and you twist it and put it on Jesus, the Bible says, because it's inspired and preserved, you can be saved. Saved from what? Death and hell and have a home in heaven. If I could stress that enough, I would tell you to, you know, that's the message I would put out there. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Is there, is there anything that you can plug? Let's say people are, have listened to what you have to say and they would like to reach out to you. Do you have any a platform or? I'm on Twitter. Rob, let me check it real quick. I thought it was, make sure I get the right one. Uh, my platform is Rob A. Devrell on Twitter. All one word, R-O-B-A-D-E-V, as in Victor, E-R-E-L-L, on Twitter. Same thing for Instagram. Uh, let's got to check my name, make sure it's correct. Yeah, same thing for Instagram, Rob A. Devrell, and then Facebook is Rob Devrell. If anybody listens and they honestly have some questions, I would love to be able to help you with that, get the answers you need. Um, again, I'm not the perfect person. I am not just because I'm a youth pastor and a pastor doesn't mean that I got it all together either. Yeah. Um, you know, I study, I struggle, I fall, um, you know, but if I could help someone find Jesus, I would love to be able to sit down and do that. Um, and help you find hope, give you a life, give you a purpose, give you something to wake up for every day. Uh, I know the gospel changed my life. Jesus changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I found Jesus at 17. Uh, before that, I was angry, mad, hateful, raging, bitter, all those things. And again, I found Jesus at 17, and it didn't all go away within a minute, but the Lord worked in my life and changed me. Um, and he's still working in me. He's still changing me. But if I could give anyone hope, if you're looking for something like that, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is what you need. Not religion, not information, not knowledge. Jesus is what they need. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Reach so out much. to me. Totally. Robbie Deverell on Instagram, Robbie Deverell on Twitter, and then Rob Deverell on Facebook. I appreciate that. You're a good man. Thank you. Uh, awesome. So you good, you good to end it there? We good? I think so. All right. Q back? appreciate it. Yeah. You there can bring Q back on. Come on, Q. Where I, you at? Don't give up the ship. <laughs> so how'd that go is that good or what i liked it yeah good 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 still, so we're uh, still rolling i'll let you say our goodbyes well no that's good man so so i appreciate i appreciate that well i'm happy he came on um there's bound to be some questions and and i, and I heard him kind of give it given all of his plugs hey you know you can reach out to rob anytime you can reach out to me anytime you guys know know who, who how to get a hold of me on on uh on Twitter, and I think uh, you know probably the same thing with Gumbo over there. You can get a hold of him anytime too. So um, there's there's truth out there in, in spite of all the craziness, and I'm just happy that we were able to finally do this. And I've been talking about doing it for a while. Um, so that's all I got, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate it. Hope everybody enjoys the 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 show. Take care. Alrighty. Bye. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the show. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Q underscore abolitionist. My co-host is at Crypto Gumbo, and our show page is at Unshackled underscore L. Uh, if you like the content that we're creating and would like to help us make more, you can support us at anchor.fm slash Unshackled Liberty or patreon.com slash Unshackled Liberty. Thank you for your time. Every little bit helps. And remember, freedom does not require permission. Thank you.